Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Paula and I went our separate ways in early February. And after that, I took what wound up being almost five months off and it helped way more than I ever thought it could. In the Women Who Code career nav segment of our show, you'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. These talks will include both career advice as well as a look at the industry itself and its practices. I'm Ellen Shapiro. I'm a, I've been a mobile developer for about the last 10 years. I do a lot of speaking. And here today, I'm going to give a fairly short talk, at least for me, about needing a break. Um, I want to start uh, talking a little bit about my recent resume. So from 2019 to early February of 2022, I worked at Apollo GraphQL on the iOS SDK and some mobile DevRel stuff. And then there's this like very oddly shaped void between early February and late June when I started a new job at Gusto. And in today's talk, I want to talk about my experiences during that oddly shaped void, because I hope that my experience will help someone else avoid the worst of what I went through. And most of what led up to this was a fairly simple equation. Being an extrovert during a pandemic sucks. Um, prior to the pandemic, I had done one talk a month all over the world for five years. Uh, I did not leave the state of Wisconsin for 16 months after the beginning of the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, I got in a co-working space because I hadn't been enjoying working from my house. And in March of 2020, just like everybody else, I wound up working back at my house anyway. And I hated it, but I already have asthma, so it's not like getting what can be a very severe respiratory illness is a real great idea for me. And things got worse during the Wisconsin winter when I was basically not able to see anyone except my wife, particularly when a polar vortex hit and simply going outside was an exercise in pain. But by April, I was finally able to get my vaccine. Things started looking up. I went back to my co-working space that was checking to make sure people were vaccinated. And, you know, we even managed to crab in our postponed wedding ceremony at the beginning of August. Wedding itself was amazing. Planning the wedding was exhausting, particularly because in the week before the wedding, we had to change guidance on masks like four times because the Delta wave was coming to let us all know that the pandemic was just not done with us yet. And I stopped going in my co-working space. And then as Delta was finally starting to ebb in Wisconsin, we got absolutely walloped with the initial Omicron wave. There was a point in December where UIConf and at least one other conference announced they had to cancel for 2022 because of the uncertainty. And that news hit me like a ton of bricks. I had been looking forward to really getting to see my friends. I had been looking forward to traveling and it wasn't gonna happen anywhere near as soon as I wanted it to. And then once again, it was winter. It was warmer than last winter, but it was still winter in Wisconsin. So seeing people outdoors was very difficult unless they were willing to shiver around a fire pit with you. Now, I've dealt with depression a lot over the last decade, but this was way beyond the normal depression stuff that I've dealt with day to day. I knew from past experience that I was definitely burnt out and I needed a break. And I tried to fix things by taking a week-long vacation with my wife to visit folks in Los Angeles. It was a place where we could at least spend time with friends and family outdoors without freezing to death. And it was great. And my mood markedly improved when I came back. But I didn't realize that when I said that things were going to be fine, I was playing the part of the dog and this is the fine meme. I felt temporarily better, but my overall mental health was still a shambles. 
everyone knows the first two panels of this comic, they often forget that the dog is just reassuring itself until it melts into nothingness. <laughs> the last panels of my comic meant that I had to face the fact that I had burnt out much, much harder than I had previously. And the tools that I had used to recover from previous burnout were not going to cut it this time. Now, here I want to share a couple of red flags I wish I had recognized way sooner than I did as major, major warning signs that I needed a break. The first was that even doing the most basic tasks was exhausting. When I initially wrote some documentation, I was turning out like 2,500 words in a day. Trying to update just slivers of that took me multiple days. Answering questions on GitHub took everything out of me. And the exhaustion also led me to use sleep as a crutch. I used it to avoid feeling bad about how little I had done. After all, how could I get anything done when I was so tired, which clearly had to have some kind of medical basis? Uh, surprise, turns out the medical basis was depression. And the biggest red flag was that building things didn't bring me any joy. I've always been a huge workaholic. I love working. I love building things. I love learning new stuff. I could not motivate myself to do any of those things because I was not enjoying them at all. I'd had a couple of people float the idea of taking a leave of absence to give myself time to heal, but I really didn't want to do it. And I made some absolutely awful excuses for myself that I would like to share with you to help you recognize when you're saying something similar to yourself and really interrogate whether you've got a valid concern or are making excuses. The super obvious one was that all of my depression and burnout was just a factor of the pandemic and that I would be fine as soon as it was over. I didn't realize how much continuing to grind away as it went on and on and on made an eventual recovery without help less and less possible. I also had a lot of what ifs that I worried over and used as an excuse. What if I wasn't ready to come back when I said I was going to? I am a compulsive people pleaser, and the idea of letting people down if I wasn't ready to come back after a leave was horrifying. Now, for some reason, I did not see that I was already letting people down and letting myself down because I was not actually able to get the work done. Even if I've needed an extended leave, it probably would have been better for me to take it and be honest about how little I was capable of getting done, maybe trying to heal from some of that. I also worried that it would be hard for me to stop thinking about work and that I'd wind up just spiraling about it anyway. I didn't realize I was already spiraling. I already had stopped thinking about work because I couldn't deal with how far behind I'd fallen. And that led me to a couple of more terrifying worries. What if I took the leave of absence and it just didn't help? If I was just as depressed as I was before? And this is where my initial blaming of this on the pandemic came back to me. I didn't think it would help to take time off if the main cause of my depression, namely COVID-related isolation, was still going to be there. The darkest thought that I had was worrying that being in isolation and not even having work to distract me from how miserable I was about that isolation was going to make things much, much worse, maybe dangerously so. The work, mind you, which I was not actually succeeding in doing in the first place. Like I said, I'm a workaholic. I was seriously concerned that without workahol, I'd just shrivel up. But I was so burned out, I couldn't actually work. Something had to give, and it did. Apollo and I went our separate ways in early February, and after that, I took what wound up being almost five months off, and it helped way more than I ever thought it could. I want to stop for a minute here to talk about some of the privileges I had that helped me do this, because I realize this is not necessarily something that is going to be reasonable or easy for everybody to do. First of all, I had substantial savings at the bank. I generally try to keep enough money to reasonably live on for somewhere between six months to a year liquid and have as little debt as possible. 
I am damn lucky to be able to do that. And one of the reasons is my wife and I don't have kids. Kids are adorable. Kids are often lovely. Kids are invariably very, very expensive. This also meant that I didn't have caregiving responsibilities that can make taking a break from work less of a break than just a job switch. In other things that keep my expenses lower, I live in an area that is considerably cheaper than the Bay Area. Our rent is less than half of what it would be for a similar place in the San Francisco Bay Area. This meant that the money that I had saved stretched quite a bit further before I started dipping into numbers that made me uncomfortable than it would have if I lived someplace more expensive. Also, I have enough experience that I was not super worried that when I wanted to work again, I would not be able to find a job. I am very lucky that my severe burnout happened at a point in my career where I could be confident of that. So I want you to bear these things in mind when I talk about what I did, because I know that not everyone is going to have the same privileges I had when they run into this. So given all that, what were the things that helped me move out of the worst of the really bad burnout? First thing was stop doing anything. After I got things wrapped up with Apollo, I paid my bills for the rest of the month, and then I closed my computer and did not reopen it for two weeks. I did not try to be productive in any way, shape, or form. I needed a hard reset. I needed to step away from the internet and frankly just veg out for a while. I read bits and pieces of a few books, but I didn't beat myself up when my attention span couldn't sustain me through the whole thing. I didn't beat myself up for feeling like shit. I was just being for a bit. After that, I started by trying to find the things that brought me a respite from the depression. Things that scratched various creative itches. And I kept fighting the urge to beat myself up for not moving through these things faster. And while sometimes it went a lot slower than I wanted it to, I eventually found stuff that actively brought me joy. And once I had joy, something else came back. And that was curiosity. When I worked through the first couple chapters of the Rust language book, just for giggles, I knew that I had something I could build on. I hadn't built it yet, but I made the decision to tell folks I was ready to start interviewing. And I know at the time I felt like I was about two months away from actually being ready to work full time again. I knew that I'd almost certainly have to go through multiple rounds of interviews at multiple places, and I knew this was going to be exhausting. However, it gave me some options in terms of needing a less aggressive timetable and being able to really find the companies to interview with that I thought I could be excited about. I'm really happy that I'm now working at Gusto and had the time to really find that solid fit. But even though I found the fit, I didn't start working immediately. The direct cause of this was that I was planning a talk at the end of June that was going to be very difficult to write if I was also working. But I also needed some time to recover from the drain of interviewing. Having the time to just let my curiosity run wild for that talk was a huge help, and it made me even more excited uh, for when I started. I can't say that I've completely recovered, but I am in a way, way better place. And I see a path to where I want to be instead of just a burnt jungle. And it's a start. I want to reemphasize a couple of things before I turn you all over to Christina. The first is that burnout is absolutely zero fun. Uh, keep an eye out for symptoms. And when you see it starting to creep in, start taking active countermeasures as soon as you possibly can to prevent it from getting to the point that I got to. Also acknowledge that there is a whole, whole lot of terrible stuff going on in the world right now. And while holding on to hope that it's going to get better is a great way to fight nihilism, assuming that it will get better at the rate your sanity needs it to will prevent you from taking steps to actually address your mental health when you most need to. 
Think hard about taking time off, particularly if someone suggests it as an option. If you don't want to, really interrogate yourself about why you're saying no. Now, this is not to say nobody's ever going to encourage you to take time off for disingenuous reasons, but far more often, they're just trying to help you feel less awful. And finally, if you do decide you need to take serious time off, take the opportunity to try to really reset yourself away from work because it'll make eventually going back to work an awful lot easier. Thanks all for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.